there and welcome into Career Competitor, the show that seeks to light that competitive fire within you in order to jumpstart or optimize your career. I'm your host, Steve Meller, and today we are focusing strictly on what it means to be a champion, the mindset of a champion, the culture that's required for a championship team, and my guest to help us discuss this particular topic is that of Benny Brazel, who is the assistant coach at Louisiana State University for track and field. And there's so many reasons. The resume for Benny is so, so long that I don't have enough time to go into it as to why he is the ideal guest to have this particular conversation on championship mindset. But just to hit a few of the big ones, as an athlete, Benny was part of Nick Saban's LSU football team that won the national title. He was a five-time NCAA champion himself on relays with the track and field team. In addition to that, he went on and represented his country. He was drafted into the NFL. In 2011, he decided to come back to his alma mater, LSU, and become a coach for the track and field team. And over the last 10 years, countless, countless athletes under Benny's supervision have won individual national titles, both indoors and outdoors with track and field. And in his role with the men's team last year, he was the assistant coach with the team that went on and won the national title for the LSU Tigers in the outdoor version of the track and field national championship. A, quite simply put, a lifetime winner, a guy that understands what it means just to simply win. So with that in mind, this particular episode, that is the specific focus here. And again, this type of content isn't for everybody, and I make that really clear here because the main premise of this show is about you becoming the optimal version of yourself, becoming the best, the champion version of yourself that we feel we can become on a daily basis. Now, don't get this wrong. That does not necessarily mean that you have to be competing to be the best at what you do in comparison to others that are also going down your particular career path. But this particular episode is for those that are interested, that are driven, that are ambitious enough to want to be the best at what they do, to compete with the best and see if they can come out on top. There is certainly content here for everybody. Even if you don't have those type of ambitions, there's still some great content here that you can take from my conversation with Benny that's going to allow you to continually strive to be the optimal version of yourself. So I really encourage you to pay attention to this one and just see what you can take from it. And again, if you are someone who's trying to raise your game to the point where you can compete against the best at what you do, then you have picked arguably as good an episode of the Career Competitor podcast that you could possibly pick. So with all that being said, I'm excited to get to the interview. But before we do that, remember, Career Competitor is not just a podcast. We are a fully-fledged performance coaching and culture consulting service. That's right. I, myself, have now been in business, so to speak, for the last four months. And as I start to build my client base, I come back to the podcast all the time and I let you know that my drive each and every day is to work with people that are hungry to, to become the optimal version of themselves. So much of my work with teams is going to be more in the transitional element. What does it look like in terms of where you are now, the hunger for where you want to be, and the work you're willing to do through that transition to establish the culture required 
for you to be successful. As an individual, understand that we are never a perfect, we are never a finished product. So with that being said, how hungry are you to keep striving towards your optimal self? If you're looking to perform at higher levels, please reach out. Steve at careercompetitor.com. That's Steve at careercompetitor.com. I will give you free 30 minutes of my time to sit back, take notes, and just listen to you tell me about why it is you feel that you and I working together could be a benefit to you. One thing that I'm starting to realize really quick with the work that I'm doing with my clients is that if you are hungry enough, because of my competitive traits, I will not rest. I will not lie until we start to move in the type of direction that is going to be satisfactory to you towards striving towards your optimal self. So I'm here for all of it. I'm ready to work with you. But let's start with that free 30-minute consultation. Reach out to me now, steve at careercompetitor.com. I'd love to hear from you. But for now, let's get to my conversation with assistant coach with the LSU track and field team, Benny Brazell. And Benny was kind enough to come over to the house and we could do this in person, which just made for an even better conversation. So delighted to introduce my long-term connection and friend, Benny Brazell. And I hope you all enjoy. All right, gives me the greatest pleasure to welcome in a long-time, long-time friend of mine. Um, no matter where he goes, the sun is shining. He's got his sunglasses on. We're indoors. There's, you can you can you can have sunglasses on indoors, am I right? Yes, sir. You can. <laughs> Especially when you bring the amount of heat that's around the man that is Benny Brazell. Um, Benny, long time coming. I'm glad I got you on the show, dude. Man, glad to be here with you, my brother Steve. Long time. <laughs> we go way back a long way, my brother. We long really way. do. We really do. So, I, I probably went into it within the intro, but just a little bit about Benny and I. Uh, we started at LSU back in 2011. Uh, at the same time and he's a track and field guy uh, I'm in the water and uh, the fact of the matter is though no matter how hard I would want to try to even get close to mirroring replicating reaching the standards of Benny uh, many have tried few have managed uh, is, is that fair to say I can say that you can say that that's fair to say but go back to what you just said though Steve we got to talk about when we first met because mm. people don't realize we both were in Alabama mm-hmm. for the coaches convention. Me and you That's both, right. right? For That's our first right. years and SEC at the SEC office in Alabama. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget you were there. I, I was there and we both had LSU gear on. We were like, man, like who the hell are you? Who the hell are you? You know what I mean? But I thought it was so cool that we, you know, got to meet each other that day. Yeah. Shook hands. In 2011, and yeah. to this day, 2021, we're still, yeah. 22, we're still Shoot, here, my brother. Man. Yeah, awesome. we are. We are. No it's, and, and it's, <clears throat> you know, I, I really want to start there because there's a whole world of, you know, your athlete career, which we will get into. Okay. But we've spent now 10 years in the world of coaching, you know, and, and crazy, right? Yeah, crazy, Steve. <laughs> um, when you look back, let's let's start right there in 2011. What did you think you knew back then? I thought I knew a little, Steve, but in a way I felt like I was still just kind of just learning. One thing I felt about that first year, Coach Shave was just throwing me out there. Mm -hmm. He threw me out there, and I really appreciate him to this day for taking that chance on me because I feel like in most coaches' case, that would be kind of hard to do. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? For him to have that much confidence in me no matter what, that this guy can figure it out. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And he did that. But that first year was different. And you better believe it to this day. This is what you said. It's been 10 years, right? Yep. I still tell Coach Shaver every year, 
You never told me this came with the. You never told me this part came with the job. Something new all the time. Something new every time. And you know what yeah. he always tell me? You never asked. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that. But I, you know, I, I love already. You know, you've worked under a guy there and Coach Schaefer, mm-hmm. who has maybe four four decades, Man, something like that. A lot. You know, lot. not just of coaching, but of winning. Yes. You know, and that's the part that we're going to spend a lot of time on Let's here today is mm-hmm. is winning because winning coaches. You know, you're a guy that has made a career out of being around not only championship contenders, but getting over the line. That's true. Yes, sir. You know, and and so what I thought would be just awesome for our listeners is to get a feel that from a a sports man who's living in a sports world that's pretty much all you've known is Mm -hmm. sport and and competing for the biggest prizes um, in what you do. Let's talk about competitiveness in the eyes of Benny. Man. You know, where, if I say something like that, where does your mind go? When you say that, Steve, it takes me back to Midland, Texas, where I was raised at. Mm-hmm. I was raised in Midland, Texas. Um, I was born in Houston, Texas, but I was raised in Midland, Texas. So people don't know that I'm really a country boy. Mm-hmm. I was born in the city, yeah. but I'm a country boy. And at the end of the day, I think just growing up in life, the things that I've been through with, you know, family and dealing with different type of adversities, it just taught me no matter what, you just fight to the end. Mm-hmm. And honestly, Steve, you fight to the death. And yeah. that's the kind of mindset I come to it. I know it might sound a little crazy to people, <laughs> but at the end of the day, that's what I'm coming with it. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I try to teach my athletes in life. You're going to have, it's going to like track and field. You know, it's going, it's like swimming, same thing. You're going to mm-hmm. have some good races. You're going to have some bad races. Yep. Good races, bad races. But at the end of the day, we keep fighting no matter what. Right, right. And fight to the death. <clears throat> you know, everyone, everyone when they're, and a lot of people listen to this, they may never be in a position to win. That's the crazy part because it's a privilege. It's a privilege to be in a position to win. And I think that's the part that people are going to listen to this episode. Okay, here's a champion many times over. Mm -hmm. But the road to that situation, the road to that moment where there's something on the line, that's the journey that so many are either willing to take or capable of taking. It's true. You know, so... Country boy, fight to the death mindset. How do you get started on that road to deciding like, hey, winning is going to mean something to me. I want to be in positions to win. Like, where does that start? I think that I told you that goes back to my, you know, my country roots, my grandmother, my Mm. mother, my family, man. You know, I got really strong women in my family. You know Mm. what I mean? And I'm the oldest son and I'm the oldest grandchild. So I feel like I was always going up against older people my whole life right so i'm gonna give you a little scoop all right i got a book coming in the future but i'm gonna give you a little inside now okay so people don't realize this steve growing up um i always on my birth certificate i was born in 82 right Mm -hmm. well i want to say about six years ago my mama found my original birth certificate i was born in 83 steve wow so in a way i've been going against older people my whole life <laughs> you know what i mean yeah but like i said just to growing up as a young man my mama being a single mama and the things she had to go through you know what i mean she had to figure some things out mm-hmm. but we just discovered this the other day wow i mean like a couple years ago which i think is pretty cool but i just think it goes from that foundation you know what i'm saying my family my foundation that's where it comes to it starts mm-hmm. with that aspect of it and then i just grew in it from there with different sports mm-hmm. i did everything i didn't just do I didn't just do track. I didn't just do football. 
I did baseball. Mm. You know, I competed when it came to ping pong. Mm. I competed when it came to pool at the boys mm. and girls club, <laughs> basketball. That right. stuff was kind of right. important to me. I always wanted to win. And that's why it's different now, Steve. I feel like at these days, I'm not one of those coaches going to say, all right, you know, you're going out there, gave it all you got, you know, but we lost. Mm. Nah. No. No way. No. Over my dead body. I would mm. never be that type of coach. The day that right. comes to the point, I'm retiring. I quit. <laughs> and you got to realize the coaches I was raised around, like yeah. Coach Saban. Yeah. There's no way he be going for that, you mm. know? Mm. And I think at times it's changing. You know, I think it's more cooler now that it's the cool coach. He got nice TikTok videos. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm never going to be that type of coach. No. Never. No. You know what I mean? It's about winning to me. It's about results. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you don't want to win, you're in the wrong place. Yeah. Oh, we ain't going to fight and compete to win. Mm. You in the wrong place. Yeah. And I think in, you go back to track and field in our sport, my 11 years, I've been here at LSU. We've never always had the best talent. Mm -hmm. On paper, there's a lot of schools mm -hmm. that got way better talent than us, Steve. Mm -hmm. But I just know that we're going to kick you out, punch you. We're going to mm -hmm. be mentally tougher than you. The physically and the mentally part. We're going we gonna to do that to you. That's, yeah. that's going to be the foundation with us. Right. And um, the guys and all the girls we had in the past, they had that in them. Like, they mm. gonna have that. We gonna beat you with that. You might yeah. beat us one weekend. Sure. But when it comes to Nationals time, right. you gonna get to the point to where you ain't gonna want no more. Yeah, we it's, gonna the battle. Make, yeah, it's the we, battle versus the war mindset, you go, right? And you know? we got that. And if yeah. you got that in athletics, I feel that in life, that's gonna take you a long way as well, too. Yeah. And I think that's brought me on a whole journey, just having that mindset no matter what. Yeah, and that's, and that's why I really wanted to get into mm -hmm. mindset and culture with you because People listening to this can't relate to running as fast as you. People listen to this, they don't tune in to find out how fast I used to swim. That's not what this is about. Yeah. This is about those soft skills, those uh, those traits within us that do organically grow and mm -hmm. build over time. Yes. And here you are talking about that first community that you had in your life of your family, setting this standard of what it was going to look like to truly chase and truly strive towards yes. you know chasing your dream that's things. huge that's so huge like when you say that like it bought me back again steve like growing up i had a single mother mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying but of course daddy was there but my mama was the one that really had to work three jobs bust her ass right. you know what i'm right. saying take care right. of me and my brother we got a two-bedroom you know what i mean just the things we had to go through uh mm. i never forget one time me and my mom were going house to house growing up right and i never forget we had this um we were waiting on my Annie to get home because we were staying with her at the time, Steve. And I never forget it. My Annie had this old junky trash ass garage, right? Mm -hmm. So nobody's home. It's cold outside. It's raining. We just stuck there. So we went in the garage. I never forget it, Steve. My mama right. sat in this chair and I sat in her lap. She put the jacket over me uh -huh. and just kept me warm that whole time. But I feel like that day I always told myself, I want to be able to control my own destiny no matter what. Mm. And my mama installed that in me no matter what, man. Mm. So you think I'm a head case. You didn't need my mom. Have no clue. <laughs> we'll have her on sometime. Oh, yeah, Miss Karen. She's uh, a dog. <laughs> um, I love this, man. I mean, you know, because for me, I knew a lot of what we were going to talk about here was winning. Mm -hmm. And again, like I said, not a lot of people are privileged to be in those situations. Yes, sir. But there are lessons, there are traits that we can take from a guy like you yes. that is applicable in life, that is applicable in any capacity because there's so much of what we've gone into mm -hmm. 120 plus episodes of this show now is competitors lie within us and we get out of ourselves what we want to get out of ourselves and sometimes just simply being the best husband being the best father being the best wife being the best mother is the greatest win that you can deliver totally you know and, yes. and and then we all have that in relation to our careers as well but i want to talk a little bit about the cultures beyond now that initial community that you've 
that you've had the privilege of being around mm-hmm. um, outside of your family. So let's talk about, firstly, when you're an athlete at LSU, you are competing both track and football. Track and football, yes, sir. So you're being guided by, I assume, not only Coach Saban at the time, but also Coach Shaver was your coach. Yes, sir. Right. Yes, so, sir. So you're getting two winners providing you coaching. Yes. Within, yes, under the same umbrella that's LSU, but then two different teams. Big time. Let's talk about the differences because there had to be some, right? Okay. You know, talk a little bit about, let's let's start with Coach Saban, more okay. of a household name. Gotcha. You know, he brings a national championship to LSU that you get to be a part of. Mm-hmm. What is a day-to-day culture like in his eyes? So I think back then we was his first project, really. You know really? what I'm saying? At LSU. Mm. Like that class that came in with me, we were the, the number one recruiting class that year. Mm. So that was Coach Saban's like really first year getting all the way in it. Uh, and then before I go any further, Coach Shaver was the assistant coach back then. He wasn't mm. the head coach. Okay. It was Coach okay. Pat Henry that's at A&M now. Okay. But at the same time, Coach Shaver was the one mm-hmm. that was coaching me. Sure. So um, when it came to Coach uh, Saban, man, structure and discipline, mm. right? Those things was the key. Now, of course, I was a young dummy back then, Steve, so <laughs> I didn't really <laughs> understand that. You know what I mean? Just to, like the basic parts of it, you know? Sure. And – one thing Coach Saban, he taught us that, structure and discipline and walk around with the poor me's. That was one thing, too, he always mm. taught us. Nobody wants to be around nobody with the poor me's. You mm. know what I mean? I like that. Uh, it's like a domino effect, man. Like, you supposed to be in that study hall at 8 o'clock in the morning. Well, mm-hmm. you wake up late, you get to study hall late, then you're struggling to get into practice on meetings on time. You're late mm. for that. Mm. You get to practice and have, like, eight screw-ups. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. On the same play, on you watching film on it, and then he always said, all right, what's going to happen? You're going to get in the damn game, mm-hmm. and that same play going to happen, you're going to mess up again. Mm-hmm. And what usually happens, Steve? You get in the damn game and mess up on that same exact play. Like, right. damn, you know what I mean? Right. So it makes a lot of sense. It's a domino effect. So always being prepared and on top of your stuff, man. Coach Saban really taught that and started. Mm-hmm. Again, I was young and dumb. Sure. I didn't understand some things. And I was a young kid because uh, I felt like people don't realize – I think one of those years you should have kicked me off the team. I'm mm. just gonna be honest with you. Okay. I was one of those. And you get to you. You can you can now have that assessment being in the shoes oh, yeah. that you're in I, today. I, I understand yeah. it, man. Get I it get it now. And yeah. make a long story short, me and Coach Saban didn't always had the best relationships here. I mean, it it wasn't good. Sure. You know what I mean? But at yeah. the end of the day, uh, the funny part about it, we had a track meet in Alabama. I want to say about four or five years ago. Okay. And I was able to just walk in the office with my LSU gear on. You know what I mean? Everybody, who the hell is this guy? And Coach Saban finally came out. Oh, that's Benny. He's okay. So yeah, I was able good. to go in and sit down with him and talk man to man about oh, certain things about back that? then. And it was so yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. And But at the end of the day, man, a lot of things he taught me back then, I use in my everyday life now. And I got to really give him credit. Now, you might mm-hmm. not like him. Mm. But you got to respect them. Yeah. And, and that's what it sounds like. There's, yeah. there's that complete mutual respect. Oh, yeah. And, that, and that's a huge part of culture, too. It's yes. like we can we can all want the same thing. It doesn't necessarily mean we all need to be holding hands I getting to- along. I totally agree. And one thing else he taught me, Coach Saban would kick the best player off the team. If he mm. ain't doing it right, right, the best guy got kicked off. So mm. you like, damn, okay, if he kicked him off, shoot, who am I? Right. right. I can definitely get it. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. I think that was pretty cool, too. Like, mm. Showing that standard. No one person is bigger than the team, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that was another example I learned from him as well, man. A lot of things that Coach Saban installed, man, I, I, like I use my everyday coaching life now, man. Like I said, I've been able to go 11 years with this. Yeah. And, of course, people think, well, okay, that's football, but what they got to do with track? It's kind of the same demeanor. Yeah. Like the track guys, I like I like guys that are mentally tough, yep. tough like me. Mm-hmm. Then they're going to break, that's going to fight to the death. And right. once you got that, man, 
yeah. beautiful thing to see, man. Yeah, beautiful I, thing to see. I, I, I love it because it, it it comes it comes from a place of it comes from a, it comes from a place of wanting what's best for the person that you're actually overseeing. Yes, and I think that's the one thing that so often can get lost yes. in the public eye is that mm-hmm. when you have a coach Nick Saban type of guy and people see the guy screaming on the sidelines and the guy holding people accountable way 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 beneath that from the core of his foundation is a man that wants what's best for you and if that means telling you to get out yeah. and stay out it's coming from a good place in some way shape or form you're so right because yeah. I know how I am as a coach I see it now I ain't giving the kids six strikes mm. and people might crucify me for that yeah but I'm different. I ain't giving the kids six strikes. Right. Nah, no. that ain't gonna happen. Right. Because I feel like I'm setting you up for the, you know, the downfall for after this in mm. life. When it comes to real life, when you have a family, when you have kids, you know, mm. and you get in the real world, yeah. you gonna have six strikes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now I understand kids make mistakes, man. I yeah. get it. We, totally. we we understand that. No, no. And I feel like what makes me a little different than Coach Saban, I'm one of those guys who can come to my office and talk to me. Right. Let's get it straight, like man. Let's talk about it. Right. No problem. You got a situation, you know. Let's talk about it. You feel yeah. like I said something that hurts your feelings. You know, mm-hmm. your butt hurt. Right. You can come out and talk. talk about it, like man. Mm-hmm. Now I feel like back then with Kosevi, I didn't think that. I didn't no, think no, I no. could <laughs> go talk to him. <laughs> I had to go home at night. Like, probably God, still he, today. Probably did he really say? Today. Did he really say that about me? Like, he really caught me that. Well, you know, right. that's just what it was. But I feel like I'm just a little bit more understanding, and I'm a little younger now. You know what I mean? Mm. So I just took a lot of peace from what he did. And just put it in my really coach and just you know put a little remix on it. Yeah, but it, it, it's a twenty it's a twenty twenty two remix yeah, on it. Yeah, and, and that's time. and that's what that's what mm-hmm. leadership is today. Leadership's a little bit more vulnerability, a little yes. bit more empathy, yes. all that kind of stuff. And, and, and knowing and, about his family, right? Knowing how mama doing, how mama doing, you right, know, right, how's right. daddy doing, right? You know, how's grandma doing? Knowing how his family demeanor is, you know, yeah. those type of things are really important. Yeah. And I feel like growing up as a coaches that I had, they really didn't go into that field you know what i mean right. and that wasn't their job don't get uh-huh. it twisted you uh-huh. know what i mean but at the end of the day i feel like that's what i bring to the table i'm yeah. one of those coaches we can communicate about anything you come to my yeah. office let's talk it's i mean it's a place of sincerity and, mm-hmm. that, and that's and that's huge in leadership and culture um at the same time a lot of what we're talking about here we're having to com- continuously remind ourselves that we're we're taking part to win we're yes. taking part to be there at the end and i think so much of what we're discussing here that when you give that example of like listen i'm not i'm not a six strike kind of guy <laughs> if if you want to be in the middle if you want to be average six ten you can have as many strikes as you want you know really but if we're talking if, you, if you're listening to this episode and you're tuning in to get insight on how to win on how to compete with the best how to take your game take your level of whatever it is to the top then you can't give yourself that level of wiggle room you can't you can't also allow yourself to be in a community and, and, and led by people that are going to give you that level of, of wiggle room. Totally agree. It's the standard, Steve. Right. It is the standard, man. Right. And you said that it reminded me my first year coaching. Mm. I tell I haven't told many people this, but I felt like my first year coaching, Steve, Coach Shaver could have fired me. Mm. Prime example, we had a guy on the team was one of those six strike guys, right? <laughs> I'm just being honest. Yeah, he was yeah, yeah. a, and it was my first year. Sure. And it was a lot we went through with this kid. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like a lot missing practice. You know, he'll miss practice on Friday and Saturday. We won't hear from him. We try right. to call, is he okay? Is he alive? Right. You know, then he'll just show up Monday like everything is cool. Right. And before I started, I was looking at the culture of the team when it came to LSU guys track and field. Like mm. it wasn't, it wasn't, I ain't like what I was looking, what I was seeing. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So. 
at the end of the day, when I got here, I didn't want to put my foot down, <laughs> but I did want to kind of like get some type of direction. You know what I mean? Sure. And I never got to the point to where this guy had did one last strike, Steve, mm. and he had to go. Mm. Now, I don't know if Coach Shaver really wanted to do that. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. I really didn't know. But yeah. at the end of the day, the guy went ahead and left mm. and went to another school. Mm-hmm. Making long story short, Nationals came and we had a really good, solid, talented team. Mm-hmm. We might not have been talented on paper, mm-hmm. but we were going to outwork you. Mm-hmm. We were going to be tougher than you. Right. And making long story short, Nationals came, we lost by two points, right? Yeah. That guy I told you about, we kicked mm-hmm. off, yeah. he transferred to Florida State, right? And make a long story short, in the 200, I think he got like maybe sixth place. Mm-hmm. And that was like four points, three that points, something like enough. that. Yeah. We would have won if we would have had him. Yeah. So... I think about that sometime, and me and Coach Shaver sit down and have private talks about that. Because <laughs> I know on the inside, he might have had a feeling about that. Right. But I really appreciated him. We had to sacrifice that, Steve, yeah. to get the standard right. And ever since then, yeah. I feel like the coach has been great. Yeah. But still had to sacrifice a championship. And it's it's the beauty it's the, it's the beauty of hindsight, too. Because, yeah. I mean, you can you can come at this from a whole different mm-hmm. different side, too. Like, you keep that guy around. What does he do to other people? There you go. You know, Coaches does he are, take points nah. away from people that did there deliver at the end of the there year? There you go. You know, exactly. It's, it's hindsight's 2020. Yep. At the end of the day, the, the longevity impact that a decision like that makes is what matters. Because here was. we are 10 years later. Yeah. And what you guys go and do last year? That's it. You guys went and got that national title. Got a title, it right? Out. So, so it's it's it. You you start to look at the the big picture, the the sort of butterfly effect, if yes. you will. It's just like that tiny action back in 2011. Who knows if that led yeah. to what happened in 2021? But Crazy. there's going to be someone out there that's willing to sit down and say, well, actually. If you look at all these things that happened in that 10-year span because of that decision, that's what led to yeah, that 2021 national yeah. title. You can't, you can't be sure. Can't you be, know? but it so worked out. It's, um, it's amazing stuff. And, you know, we talked about Coach Saban. We've referenced Coach Schaefer here a few times. You know, whether it be as your time as an athlete, whether it be now in your last 10 years as a coach, what's the consistent thing that you're getting with a guy like that that's allowing – because again, we're talking about a national title last mm-hmm. year, but it's continued success. It's continued success. It's consistent success. What does that type of leadership look like in terms of allowing for that? You talk about with Coach Saban. No, Coach Shaver. Coach, Coach, Coach Shaver. Shaver. Yeah, yeah, Same yeah. thing. Being consistent. Uh, he has his he has his roles of things that I right. see. You know what I mean? And it's kind of funny because I ran for Coach Shaver under mm. him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've I studied him since then. So even now on this level, I studied him so much more, and it's really the same. Mm cool collect calm mm-hmm. but we're gonna work our asses off right. no matter what same thing every day and if you're not willing to come here work and be great and do mm-hmm. the right things on mm-hmm. the track and off the track this ain't the place for you yeah and that's pretty much it and once you keeping it like that i mean the standard is a standard i think it's a good thing and mm-hmm. i think everybody kind of sees how it go mm-hmm. and you just fall in line and it goes back to one of those situations too steve either you're coaching or you're allowing it yeah Either you coaching this person to, you know, quit coming to damn practice later, you allowing this person to keep coming to practice late every day. Right. So uh, eventually, either you coaching it or you allowing it. Now, you keep allowing this too much, eventually you ain't going to be here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think at the end of the day, that's the mindset I kind of keep with Coach Shaver. I got to stay grounded and doing my thing and just keep make you just keep wanting to work hard, never being mm-hmm. satisfied. That's mm-hmm. Coach Shaver, never being satisfied. We Man. want more and more. We won that title. That evening, we on the phone. Fruits, we trying to, we right. want more. We ain't right. not right. satisfied. And that, and for, for me, for me, I think that's a huge theme of, of what we're getting into with this chat is like, when, when is enough enough? When is success enough success? 
And we've talked about this so many times over on the show of how in the heck do you define success? But the more and more we talk about it, it's all about appreciating a person's process. And like for you guys, in terms of what it is you're doing, the result of your process is putting yourself in a situation to compete for a national title. Yes, sir. Which is why when you win that national title, sure, you enjoy it. I'm sure there's many, many, many examples and reps you guys got in of enjoying it. But because of the investment in your process, you can go right back to it. You can get right back on it. So again, the the Coach Sabans of the world, the LSU track and fields of the world, the consistency comes from the investment in the process, the the identity with the process, which is just that that constant investment in what it is you guys do every day and you own it. i think it's a disease i'm just being mm. honest because you're constantly on it like <laughs> it's a drug no yeah doubt. it's a drug no and, and, and i never forget the first day when, when coach shaver hired me he said it are you ready to lose friends mm-hmm. right yep are you ready to like you know you're not gonna be a good family man because mm. you're always working yep. are you ready to miss kids birthdays <laughs> you know stuff like that you right. know and at first I was like, oh man, that's nothing, man. Yeah, that ain't yeah, nothing yeah. at all. Yeah. But like, I want to say my third year, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. That's what he was talking about. Mm. You know, it's kind of a, like a, a selfish thing. You know what I mean? Mm. At the end of the day. And I think that's the only problem I think I have sometimes just thinking like, okay, am I being selfish or whatever, whatever. But my family and my kids know our goals. And at the end of the day, they support and I support mm. them. So it yeah. kind of works out. That's so, good. Yeah. That's good. Something <laughs> mm-hmm. you said there earlier coaching or allowing something i mean i've actually never heard that before and 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 so for me as someone who is coach first in in almost every aspect of my life there's an opportunity to coach Mm -hmm. guide influence however you want to put it i'm I'm front and center ready to go um when you look at talking more specific to you now Mm -hmm. in terms of your ability to compete at the highest level, your ability to coach at the highest level. Where does that, where does that intention to coach come from on a day-to-day basis? Because I've, we've had um, Nathaniel Mitchell Blake on the show. Okay. And he's talked about you and, okay. and, and, and he's talked about you privately yep. to me about the way in which you go about coaching. Mm-hmm. And I actually relate a lot to it in yep. terms of how I coach. Gotcha. Um, so with that being said, like with that being said, what where does that intention to coach? Where does that catalyst to be the coach that you are every day? Where does that come from? I look at it like chess, right? Mm. If I'm recruiting an athlete, like I'm really recruiting them, mm-hmm. so I know them. Like mm-hmm. I know his strengths, mm-hmm. I know his weakness from things I can already see. I'm really studying him, you know. At times he thinks I'm probably just sitting there, but he don't know. I'm looking at everything. How he comes to practice with his attitude this day. Okay, shit, he must have had a bad day. Look how he coming through the right. game. So now I'm finna really challenge him mentally. You know what I mean? Because I got a rule, Steve. But I don't care what you got going on in your life during that day. Mm-hmm. When you come through these gates, right? everybody here to work. Place of work. I'm here. Place of work. You think I didn't have a bad day? Mm-hmm. I, I don't got, you know, life mm-hmm. lessons and taxes and mortgages. <laughs> hey, we all got things going on. But when we right. come through this gate, we all here locked in to be great, no matter mm-hmm. what. So we right. put all that to the side, and that's grind. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, too, now, Steve, I'm a little different, too. I'm, I'm, I'm a reasonable guy. Mm-hmm. So this is what I can tell you. Let's say a guy like, I can use Nate, for example. Yep. I'm a type of guy, practice starts at 2.30, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say, like, if you call me before 2.30, hey, coach, I'll be a little late. You get me, and I don't have no problem with it. You call me, because right. I feel like in the real world, that's as long you as you do. call your boss, yeah, that's what you do. You're good. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, let's use Nate for example. Let's say, um, I, I don't treat all my athletes the same, mm. but I treat everybody fair. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Let's be real about that. Right. So my example with that is that let's say if Nate came in at 231, right? Mm. Okay, Nate came in late to practice. Mm. The, the rule is, like, if, if you come in late, I'm sending you home, right? Mm-hmm. Well, let's say I let Nate in, 231, to come practice. Well, let's say you got a guy, Peter, over here, right? Mm. Well, Peter's like, well, dang, coach, that ain't fair. When I came late, you sent me home, but you let Nate stay, right? Yeah. You know what I'm going to tell Peter, right? Well, at the end of the day, Nate is feeding my damn family, Peter. What are you doing? <laughs> you taking money out of their mouth. Right. Right? Right. So then Peter's going, oh, no, let's not smack our lips. Let's be man about mm-hmm. it. Let's talk about mm-hmm. it. If you want to talk, let's get in. That's why I let right. Nate come in. Now I'm going to bash Nate ass. I'm going to get him. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, he's practicing today. He's right. cool. Right. So at the end of the day, I, I'm, I'm fair. And I, I treat everybody the same. I mean, I don't treat right. everybody the same, but I'm fair. Yeah. And that's how I look at it too as well. But I, I think that's that's a it's a powerful message because mm-hmm. I think in the workspace today, a lot of people, they interpret fair as being treated the same. Yeah. And I think that's a really important thing to establish. Yes, is sir. That being, it's almost being treated towards what value you're bringing to the table. That's fair. You're talking about a guy in Nathan Neal in, in the sense of this is a guy that won individual national championship over and over that's that, it. that runs on the world stage still to this day there it is that's value so that value gets treated differently but in doing so that value is being treated fairly there it is you know and if you're not bringing anything to the table every day and you're just part of the team and you're just collecting your gear at the beginning yeah. of the year and your free money and I, your call free ski, money. I call it right. ski masking Steve <laughs> you ski masking us right so nah you can't do that right and if you ski masking us you better be doing everything else right, right. showing up on time exactly no, no, no academic BS I need right. you on top of everything yeah and classes all that you gotta really be on point on everything 100% and you yeah. listen to this and you're an entry you're, you're an entry level worker yeah. in a new place and you're expecting to be treated the same as someone who's been there five years, nah. has brought in X amount of dollars, has brought in X amount of clients. Totally agree. Fortune 500 company. I'm right. running the company five million a year, see? Right. You, you earn them half a million a year. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm going, I should right. be, hey, it ain't going to be the what same. What does it mean to be treated <laughs> fair? Treated towards your value. And, and I, I think I, that's it, the real world. That's life, man. Yeah. And, you know, I try to teach them a lot of things, though, man. Right. The whole thing with me. The goal is to teach them life lessons, Steve. If you've mm. been at LSU, ran track for me for four or five years, mm. and all I taught you was track, I failed you. Right. And that's how I really look at it. Yeah. I failed you if I just taught you track. 100%. And, that, and that for me, honestly, just just make, just putting the spotlight on me for a second, like that's a big part of my process in the last four or five months, as people have heard on this show. Like, I got to a point in the world of swimming where I was yeah. like, everyone's at the surface level. Yeah. Not enough people are talking on my level mm. in terms of, life lessons in terms of who we're going to be way 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 beyond the four walls of this world that is swimming that is track and field whatever it may be Mm -hmm. and it's huge and and so for me i listen to what you're saying here and again sticking with what this conversation started out as which is talking about championship culture having a championship mindset again if if that's not something that you want to be a part of no matter where you are coming from and what your intentions are career wise if that's not something you want to be a part of then so much of what we're saying here let it go let it go <laughs> wish you nothing but the best yeah it's okay and it ain't for everybody right you know and that's just what it is you know they I, coach shaven i'm talking all the time about my race like my foreign hurdle school record 47 67 mm-hmm. right Still was, to this day. It was a number, yeah, it's still a school record. But it was a number two, it was an NCAA record, all that. Mm. And that was cool. But I got beat, Steve. Right. So, I mean, you can say all that you wanted to, but mm. I still got second. Right. So, right. I feel like these days, it's just changed. With some guys, that's going to be cool. You know, mm. it's like, yeah, I got second. Yeah. But I'll bounce back. Hey, 
You yeah. lost at the end of the day. You either win, you either right. first or you last. Right. And right. that's how I look at it. And yeah. I don't know if that's always a good thing. I'm not saying my way is the way. Again, it's not for everyone. But that's how I look at it. Ain't no yeah. participation trophies. I don't believe in none of that. Right. Nah. Right. It is what it is. I got. I lost. You either won, <laughs> or you lost. Right. But I feel like it's changing now, though, Steve. It's like people glorify themselves for losing. Mm. And I'm starting to see coaches get involved in that. Mm -hmm. And I can never be that type of coach, Steve. I yeah. just can't. You know, that's it's about winning yeah. to me. Yeah. Now, people going to tell you, well, winning's not everything. I, right. I, you talking like that with me, you a loser. Yeah. I don't even want to hear that. There's no yeah. way. And again, it, it's, about, it's about what is realistic as well. Because again, you're working at a place where that is the standard. Standard. And there's many, many, many more institutions and schools out there where that realistic we will never be the standard yeah. oh. so again if you're a part of that that's fine yeah, cool. and 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 you gotta you gotta do you and you gotta be the best version of you that's great yes, but this episode specifically and is what i love about our show yes, is that it's about diversity it's about giving everyone different perspectives on yes. things we're talking about winning we're talking yeah. about championship culture on this yeah. particular episode and with that this is what you sign up for when you put yourself in these situations yes sir and i think too often a lot of people, they want the best of both worlds. Nah. And what I'm hearing from you is that yeah. doesn't exist. No, nah, uh, it's no, no such thing. Right. If you're going to invest, you got to invest it all to be yeah. great. Yeah. I mean, think about all the great athletes we know and the stories you hear. Mm -hmm. You know that you had to invest a lot, man. Mm -hmm. You got to put a lot to right. the side to really be great at it. And it's right. hard. It is hard. It's not easy. Think about a college student mm -hmm. coming into LSU, you know, or a big university. And, you know, you got to focus on class, your grades, and sports. Mm-hmm. And what I'm gonna tell you, you can't go have a little fun time. Right. Can't go to Tigerland. Right. You know, you're not gonna invest <laughs> and do some of those things, of course. Right. But I mean, at the end of the day, you gotta really invest a lot to be great in this mm. sport. Mm. Any sport, anything you do. Anything you do. Anything, anything you, you do, do, you gotta right. invest in it. And right. if you're not willing to put in that work for it, you're wasting time. Because mm. I know in coaching now, I got a problem now. Once, you know, sometimes when I get away, I try to get away, Steve. Right. But I can't. Right. I'm at home, YouTube, looking at film, track film from the race. Oh, okay, how could he do it better on this? Mm. Or I'm I'm really in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the process. That's, that's your process. That's what it is. You know, you know be forgetting, okay, I'm supposed to have a dinner, I'm supposed to go out to the grill, go <laughs> my lady go, you know what I mean? But right. I'm so, but Coach Shaver told me this from day one. Everything I see now, Coach Shaver said all this from day one. Mm -hmm. he no, did. Surprises. Yep. Yeah. no surprises. Yeah, no surprises. And again, that's another part of culture here. And honestly, man, I, you know, I can talk to you for, for hours on end. Yeah. And the one thing I try to do with our listeners is keep our show to about 40, 45 minutes. Gotcha. Um, but what I will say, in closing here is if again I, I just want to be so clear about this like this particular episode is about winning it's about championship culture you know as a podcast one thing i've always tried to do is try to make this as diverse as possible mm -hmm. and today you're getting the top of the top <laughs> you're getting the top of the top not just as an individual benny and again you know you you don't mind people stroking your ego brother you yeah. know that and you know for when it comes down to you as an individual you won and when it comes down to you now as a coach as a part of a team you are in this to win and sometimes we struggle on this podcast identifying what that looks like and it's almost comes from a place of fear People are almost too scared to truly yeah. to learn yeah. to learn what that what is required. I totally agree. So what we're giving you here is a blueprint in this episode yeah. for hey, when you're ready to make that commitment in whatever it is you do, you could do you could do yourself a lot of service by giving this a listen and trying to buy into some of this stuff. There it is, and don't be afraid to be great. Mm -hmm. Go for it. Yeah. Be fearless. Be fearless. Be fearless. Yeah. 
man, I appreciate you. I appreciate the time, Benny. No um, problem. And again, I, I'm sure so many people um, are taking a lot from this. And it's always good for me to do this stuff in person. It, yeah. it, it provides so much better material. I dig so. it, man. All I could do is laugh because back then, too, when we first started, our offices was right by each other, yeah, too. Man. We didn't even know that at first. We needed to press record back then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I remember those days. I might have had a, a hard weed, a hard meat. Steve, we got our butt kick. I mean, I just right. come to y'all office some time and just sit down and just chill. It's like whatever's like, what? discussed behind just, the door yeah. stays behind the door. I mean, you needed those type of things. You know, that was our therapy. You know what I mean? And yeah, come a long way, man. Come but I'm proud way. of you, what you got going on, man. You and your beautiful family, man. Mm. Keep doing your thing, Steve, I appreciate man. You, man. All love. Yes, sir. All right, Anytime. Man. And my thanks again to Benny for joining us on the show today. Delighted just really just to spend some time with my old friend and just have him share some insight into some things that I'd never heard from him before, which was something I really appreciated. And at the same time, to the point I made at the beginning here of the episode is that becoming a champion at what you do isn't necessarily for everybody. And I, for one, at this point in my life, am looking at things where it's important to me that I'm optimizing myself. It's important to me that I'm being the absolute greatest version of of, of who I am and what it is I am doing each and every day, how I assess that from a competitive standpoint outside of myself is still something that I'm slowly working on and deciding, hey, where do I want to compete? What levels do I want to get to within my profession in comparison to say the best at what they do? So I'm a perfect example of someone that maybe isn't looking to embody a championship mindset in what it is he is doing each and every day. But there are parts to what Benny presented here for those listening that are truly striving to be the very best at what they do, that you need to hear those messages and you need to look to look for ways to apply them within your day-to-day. One thing that I'm taking away from this is the idea of fairness. And I think it was something that came up that I acknowledge within the conversation. And at the same time, I've given it a little bit more thought now since we spoke, and I just find the whole thing so true. It resonated with me so much is that the way in which we are treated fairly has so much to do with what it is we bring to any given scenario, to any aspect of our life. If we are looking to be treated a certain way and we expect a fair approach from those that are overseeing us, then we need to be able to look them in the eye and say, I expect this in terms of the way you treat me fairly because this is what I am bringing. Fairness does not start with a one-way approach. That is not how you work within that type of environment. You have to show up a version of yourself each and every day that demands a level of respect where you are treated fairly. That is something that you need to embrace and understand, especially if you are part of a team and organization that is trying to compete with the best at what they do, you have to hear that message and say loud and clearly to every member of the organization, every member and influencer within the team, what are you bringing to what we do in our performance each and every day in order to be treated with this level of fairness, let's say, that you're expecting from those that are governing the situation, that are leaders within the team. Something to think about. And 
I would personally assume will receive some resistance from some people too. And hey, I'm all about that on this show. If We're not just going to have conversations that are soft and allow us to not necessarily dive into the, the difficult conversations to be had. This is something that I would assume will create some resistance that people will have opinions on that go against what it is Benny presented and also what I'm building upon as well. But I'm here for it. Feel free to reach out to me. Let me know your opinion on that type of a message, but also give me some feedback on the episode as a whole. Benny's a winner in his athletic career as a performer, but also as a coach. And uh, anything that he's able to bring and give us some food for thought is worthy of our time. And, And I'm glad that I had the opportunity to bring him in, chat with him, catch up, and learn so much from him as I always do. But in the meantime, guys, listen, make sure if you're listening to us on either apple or spotify you're leaving us a five-star review that really helps with creating awareness for the show and in the meantime best of luck with anything and everything you've got going on within your world and i look forward to speaking with you all again very soon bye for now